and welcome to Payments Insights. I'm Jyoti Rambai, editor at the Payments Association and your host for today's episode. With me in the studio today is Guy Harris, chair at Chargebacks 911. Welcome, Guy. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So we're going to be discussing the importance of education around chargebacks. Now, chargebacks is a pain point for many merchants, retailers and e-commerce businesses who often find themselves incurring costs when a consumer disputes a transaction. But before we delve into some of the key issues around this topic, could you tell our listeners a bit about yourselves and about Chargebacks 911, Guy? Sure. And uh, so first, really, as you'll probably recognise from my accent, although I live in the USA, I'm originally from the UK. I moved over to Atlanta about 11 years ago. Um, But relevant to, to this topic, I've spent the last... 20 years in the payment space, uh, both here in Europe uh, and in the US. Uh, I spent a fair bit of time with US Bank Elevon, uh, where originally I ran their European acquiring business. Um, and then I moved across to Atlanta to run their US acquiring business. Um, so s- some good knowledge of both the US and European markets, and there are differences, and we'll cover some of those in- within this conversation. Um, but having spent sort of about 11 years at US Bank Elevon in Europe and both the US. I then had a fantastic opportunity to head up uh, the new platform at Bank of America Merchant Services. So the bank, uh, four years ago I joined them, um, decided to take payments back into the bank. They'd originally outsourced it with a JV with Fiserv stroke first data at the time. Um, But I think relevant to this conversation was really that, that this move to understanding that payments in particular now have become a core part of what banks and um, issuers need to do with their relationship with customers. Um, and I think that has a significant uh, impact also on on the chargeback. So I, I, I stood up a brand new platform, once in a lifetime experience. Um, that platform is live with the bank, uh, with uh, customers. Um, and then recently I Decided it was time to uh, to move to a um, a different uh, stage, and I was lucky enough to be asked to join Chargeback Nine One One, and I joined them two months ago as chair. I just finished really from a payments acquiring perspective, and Monica Eaton uh, approached me about six months ago and and shared with me the vision of of a what Chargebacks Chargeback Nine One One was doing, and and also the opportunity and, and the issue that the industry was facing. And I saw uh, an opportunity to, to join an exciting startup, although they're not a startup any longer, uh, business in a space that has the same dynamics that previously from an acquiring perspective I was addressing um, and try and help use my experience with large financial institutions and running large organizations to help in the next phase of growth for Chargebacks 911. Okay, so... Could you tell me um, a little bit about what the current issues are with chargebacks um, and the impact this is having on businesses such as retailers and merchants? So I think the the, the big driver, chargebacks has always been there in the background um, and something that organisations, whether they be merchants or issuers, issuing banks, have felt was an overhead uh, and an operational expense. Um that's shifted recently from a couple of reasons. One, there's a huge growth in online shopping and e-commerce. 
And with that, that brings incremental growth in chargebacks. Um, and then secondly, the customer experience has become much more at the forefront of, of, of both the merchant, how they, their consumer, how they treat their consumer, and also from an issuing card banking perspective. So those things have started to, um, to drive significant increases in chargebacks. Um, and I think what's also now becoming clear is with all the, 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 the four-party ecosystem, it's, it's clear that we need to get, as an industry, much, much clearer on what we see as being the, the, the core issue that we're addressing from a chargeback. And one of the things, you know, when we think about people buying online as consumers, um, they've become a sort of almost um, accustomed to thinking that the first place they go to when they have a problem is their issuer, um, not the merchant. So they bought a solution from the merchant. Um, but when there's an issue that they see, the danger is they go straight to the issuer, which then triggers the whole chargeback process. Um, and so, you know, I think we did a, a survey where 74% of those surveyed believed that chargebacks and refunds are equivalent processes. So they see chargeback as the refund and, and really also have no clear understanding of what the process is. What does it really mean? Um, so I think we as an industry have got to start to address that uh, from an educational perspective. Okay. Um, and just for clarity, when you say um, the consumer goes to the issuer, you are talking about the banks there. Is that right? So they go directly to the bank when they see their statement or something and the costs don't quite match up, for the example. Inst the institution that has, has issued the card, primarily banks, but there are yeah. other uh, financial institutions that, that issue cards. Okay. <clears throat> So I guess then following on from what you've just said, what is what impact is technology and changing consumer behavior having on this? Well, if I step back to the, the changing consumer behavior, um, one of the biggest growth areas is in friendly fraud. And it's kind of a, a terminology that it is almost, you know, how do you get friendly fraud? But, but so with the growth of e-commerce comes this growth of, of people thinking that they can just uh, issue a what what is a chargeback um, on something that their family may or may not have done, um, and I always use the good example of of you know at, at the point where your my son I find out has done something and, and has purchased something, if I don't have data points early on in that uh, interaction, then the easy way to do it is just to file a a, a dispute via your issuer, which normally then ends up in a chargeback, which means I've had my money back for something actually I may have well received those goods. So in an, from an educational perspective, if early on in the transaction, really it doesn't start as a chargeback, and I think this is part of our industry challenge, everything quickly goes to become a, a chargeback far too quickly because really it starts as an inquiry. Did this really happen? At the point where you say, well, did it happen or it didn't? If it didn't, it did happen, i.e. I did buy something and I'm given a data point as a, as a responsible parent, then I would say, well, fine, I'm, I'm liable. Um, if it didn't, then it starts as should become a dispute that then becomes a chargeback. But the, the, the acceleration from an inquiry to chargeback is far too quick, which creates both um, an impact to the merchant 
So the merchant, you know, gets scored badly on it. There's there's an expense for the merchant, and then there's the customer experience. Um, it's not good for the issuing side of the business either. There's high volumes, high um, uh, high throughputs, and again, thinking about the customer experience. Um, so all in all, if we can start to educate everybody as to what does a chargeback really mean and is it necessary, the sooner we do that, I think the better it is for the industry uh, as a whole. Okay. And I guess just on my point around technology, you know, it's evolving so quickly. And the point of a chargeback came into place to, um, I guess, in a way to protect customers from losing out on costs. Um, and the gap that you mentioned that is accelerating quickly, is there no technology that can help, um, I guess, merchants and the consumers um, resolve the dispute before it gets to that point where the merchant incurs a cost? I mean, the good news is technology is moving at a pace, and that includes in this space. Um, I think it's important to define you know, what the technology is trying to help address. So, for instance, banks in particular – um, are and to a certain extent, merchants are deploying technology that looks to, to to solve the fraud aspect at an early stage. So they're putting in software that will allow them to see trends that say this is likely to turn out to be a fraudulent transaction, um, whether that be on a, a consumer's card or, or, or in a business. So, so I think the the good news is on that side, technology is is giving them information to be able to to stop the actual chargeback, uh, i.e. don't even allow the transaction because that's the trigger of, of a chargeback. I think the the second part of the technology is is really the data mining that allows us to uh, to think about how can we get the, the right level of data back to the consumer who, who needs to be protected. So we, let's be clear in all of this that there is absolutely a you – know, it does function in the sense that it gives protection to the consumer. But we've also got to be – uh, cognizant of the the merchant needs protection because friendly fraud, for instance, is a great example where the merchant needs just as much protection as the consumer. But if I give an example of data and, and what, what I would say is the technology that will help us, if you think about your own statement when you get your credit card statement, if when you look for an issue on whether you did or didn't buy something, you're trying to remember it. And it's it, you know it, at the moment what happens is you look at your statement and, and up pops a uh, a name of a company. And, and sometimes it might not even be in the town that you're in. It could be somewhere in Leeds or Manchester. And you think, well, I don't know that company. I don't know. I've never been to Manchester in the last three months. And in reality, that's because we're not sharing enough data at, the, at that, that point. But if it said WeWorks in London on Friday the 27th, you can immediately cross-reference that and say, yes, sir, I do remember that. That's not a problem. You then stop the whole of that process of me phoning and starting the process of making a chargeback. So so making that data available um, is a cri- critical, I think, uh, change and shift, and technology is all obviously part of that. So you're essentially saying that um, data sharing is going to play a key role in moving forward with this and helping resolve some of the issues. But data sharing, people have a lot of um, scepticism about because how much data should you be sharing, and where's that line? It's a great, it's a great debate and comment. You know, the industry in general ha- goes through this all the time. About you know, we have the data, we all have the data, we all see the data, whether it be us, the issuers, the networks, um, and 
So this is where we come back to what can the industry do about this? Because we have to recognize that the sooner we share things in a, in a safe, compliant way, and I'm not encouraging us to do stuff sharing personal data, the better it will be because the networks in particular as well are seeing huge amount of data as us on us as customers. And if, the, if between the issuing, the networks, the merchants, and companies like ourselves, we can share information early on about the transaction, then between us, we can actually stop the chargeback. And by the way, the chargeback generates expense, it generates overhead and, and things that um, aren't necessarily positive. So this, if you can stop it, it's better than actually just having an efficient chargeback solution. Okay. Um, and earlier you mentioned that um, the industry also needs to protect the merchants. Um, now, what can it do to partic- uh, in particular to protect the smaller businesses who have the smaller margins from um, chargebacks and especially having a um, detrimental effect on the business in that sense? Well, you know, and we, I'm talking it from a chargebacks 911's perspective. Of course, we would say we have great solutions and software that actually will allow them to to look at their chargebacks and and really make much more of an educated uh, view as to whether it's a genuine chargeback or not. So, so there are systems from ourselves and and other companies which which can address that. But I think I think it also comes back to the things that we talked about, which is. We as an industry can help our smaller merchants to basically not have to take big decisions on whether or not they're going to refund products which would effectively ultimately um, uh, reduce their margins. And so I think coming back to we need to share that data with them through platforms using the both the issuing and the acquiring and the network side to allow um, small businesses to get on with what they really want to do, by the way, which is run their business, not spend a disproportionate amount of time on on a dispute. Okay. And um, what you've been talking about throughout the whole thing is all about education, right? And that's across the board, isn't it? It's from the consumers to the issuers to the banks to the businesses. Why is it important that all those different groups have the right education on this? Um, well, I, I think it's a great um, segue in that, that we, we talk about the fact that um, we need to put processes in place, we need to share data, et cetera. But actually, right at the start of this is a education of all the parties as to what does it really mean. And it's interesting, you know, and I'm new to chargebacks 911, but there's a, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what a chargeback really is, both from so consumers don't understand it. So the more we and the financial institutions can educate consumers as to realizing that actually it isn't just a mechanism to get your money back, the first thing you should be doing is actually talking to the place where this transaction took place, which is the merchant. Um, And I think, so if we can educate both the consumers, uh, if we can help educate merchants, because a lot of merchants in the end don't want to spend too much time on this because they think see it as an overhead and something that's just going to distract them from what they are doing. But in reality, with e-commerce growing at the pace it has, they have to grab hold of this issue and work out how do they actually address it early and how do they reduce the number of chargebacks, not pay them and settle them, just reduce the number of chargebacks. So I think 
you know, we as an industry need to get together and actually spend much more time saying, here's the end-to-end process. Here's the customer experience. Here's the merchant experience. Here's how issuers feel about it, acquirers feel about it, and, and the networks. And sometimes it doesn't feel as though we're all rowing in the same direction. And if we can start to address that, I think we're going to make some significant uh, inroads. Okay. Um, so I guess, how would you explain to our listeners what chargebacks is then? Um, what it should be <laughs> is, is a mechanism by which consumers have an ability when they didn't do something to recover their money in, in a transaction. Um, interesting aside, if you think about the, uh, the whole um, instant payment drive at this moment in time, i.e. whether it be Zelle, well, Zelle in the US, sorry, I should say, um, Venmo, um, yes. um, you know, where, where, where your money is instantly transferred from you to somebody. If you think about that as we move forward, there's very limited protection because the money's already transferred. So to get the money back is going to be extremely difficult. So in some respects, we should say, hey, this has been a really good uh, solution because for a long time it's protected consumers and we need to protect consumers. But, but and the, the big but these days is it's unfortunately more, uh, morphed into not just protecting the consumers, it's allowing fraud to take place, which is the friendly fraud stuff that's taking place now and is growing at the fastest pace in the whole of the industry. So a chargeback should be the final solution for when something's gone wrong and there's an ability to get your money back because you never received those goods. Unfortunately, today, it's no longer that. It covers friendly fraud and all the other uh, machinations of, of, of transactions that sometimes are really fraud. They're just, they're just a different form of fraud. And, and, and so we, we get upset with somebody that steals something, but we don't get upset with somebody that basically got some goods and now doesn't want to pay for it. It's a, it's a bit of a dichotomy. Great. Thank you very much for joining us, Guy, and sharing your insights with us today. And thanks, Jodie, for inviting me. It's been great to be back here in the UK. Uh, it's been a while. Um, excited to be here and excited to be part of this transition and transformation and look forward to making things better within the chargebacks industry. Thank you. Okay, guys, um, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time on Payments Insights when we'll be discussing digital currencies. To access more podcasts, videos and articles, go to thepaymentsassociation.org.